Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Hello and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. And today we're going to dive into the balancing of feminine and masculine energies. And I use the word balancing and I'm going to be quickly pulled up by my fabulous co-host and business partner. It's actually about harmony. It's finding harmony between the being and the doing in our lives. And it's something that we want to really sort of discuss and dive into because society has always as well certainly for as long as I've been alive and for many centuries prized doing over being and yet there seems to be a bit of a shift going on in the world at the moment and I think that's really exciting that actually the being side of things is becoming more important but I'm going to hand over to Erin to start this conversation off because I know that she's incredibly passionate about the fact that we need to be being a lot more and doing a lot less this year yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pull you up on the, the balance thing because I think for a lot of people, balance is what they seek, but it, it really is about that harmony. It's about understanding that there's fluidity around it and that, you know, we have to be, at any given moment, we have to be conscious of how each one is sort of showing up and, and whether that serves us or whether we need to adjust and, you know, be open to something different. But for me, when you were talking about society and you were saying, you know, that society prized doing for centuries you're absolutely right over being I think that the easiest way to illustrate that is just that if you look in terms of paid work which is how people measure their value in society for the most part paid work is never about what you're being it's always about what you're doing and if it is about what you're being um, you're like a starving artist or (laughs) somewhere where you're being creative and you're being happy and you're you know going into that space of just being whatever you want to be but you're not then you know appropriately (laughs) compensated for it I would say um so yeah it is very much like society does prize doing um and you know that's been driven into us as women especially that you know we always have to be doing and actually the the doing that we do often as women isn't valued by society So on the flip side, 
we're valued when we're doing in society, but we're also not valued in society for what we're doing. Um, and at no point is being part of the conversation. So yeah, that's very much what I want to talk about today is just the how we can bring being forward and how we can reconnect with our sense of ease and flow and yeah, joy and all of the, the really high vibrational stuff that's all very much rooted in how we're being in the world and the the shame and the guilt and blame and, and the low vibration stuff, the frustration, that's always about doing. It's always about what did you do to cause that? You know, what didn't you do to cause that? Even our language gives us great signposts towards the key between the two, I think. Yeah, I think I think you've really hit the nail on the head there. And, and one thing I want to just bring up relatively early in the conversation is that we talk about this balance and this harmony of the masculine and the feminine energies, but then we talk a lot about how important it is to be being, which is very much the feminine energy. I actually really want to say that you can still be when you're in the masculine energy. It's just simply that that actually isn't what's happened in the past. But you know, the, the masculine energy is equally important as the feminine. And when we talk about harmony, we talk about sometimes you'll need a bit more of one than the other. Um, and it just depends on the situation and where you are and what's going on. But they're both equally important to us. But it's actually how we show up in those spaces. So, you know, understanding that you can be in your masculine energy and still be is really, really important to, to mention early on, because otherwise it can sound a little bit like we're just sort of saying, well, you know, your feminine energy is the only space to be. And that's that's actually not that's not correct. Yeah, no, please don't go all the way feminine because that would be a disaster, <laughs> you know, like and, you know, the lunar cycle and, and setting intentions and stuff is probably a really good way to illustrate it. Like when we're setting intentions, we're in that um, space of trying to connect with our feminine and saying, this is how I want to be. This is how I want to um, feel at the end of the month. And, and, you know, when we're manifesting, that's the, that's the kind of energy that we want to be in is, is I want to connect with how it feels when I get there. But then you immediately then have to start bringing some of that masculine forward and taking intentional action. Because if you're not, you know, doing the things, then you're not going to get the result. So it is a harmony. It is very much like we need good doses of masculine and feminine to thrive in the world. The problem historically been that we haven't been encouraged to bring that feminine forward and if we have we've gone so far against the masculine that we've left the masculine behind and then we've been out of balance still so it is really important to understand that actually there's you know when we look at the feminine archetypes as an example every single feminine archetype and we say feminine archetype because that's the best descriptor we have with the language that we have but every single one of them has masculine in them like every single one of them has some level of masculine, some more than others. The huntress, for example, or even the queen, like they are much more masculine than say the lover or the mother, but they both have decent doses of both in them. And, and so it's really about understanding that within ourselves. And, you know, we can talk about astrology and the fact that you know, your, um, your signs, your star signs, your planetary placements and all of that sort of stuff will help guide how much you naturally have. But yeah, it, it is, it's this constant interplay between the energy of being and the energy of doing, which is basically the feminine and the masculine and, and finding the way that 
those two come together in any given moment for our highest good and so that we can really you know thrive in the situation that we're in do you find that you're more one than the other more often um I definitely used to be much more in my masculine that was very much down to a lot to do with the industry that I worked in and what was valued you know I worked in sport for many many years which you know was very male dominated um and probably still is but also because of what I had been taught was valuable to society you know it was very much about you know what what I've thought made me successful made me um you know be better I suppose it was very much around that that sort of masculine energy of, of doing stuff and and I'm actually quite good at doing stuff like I'm quite good at getting stuff done so that helps stay in my masculine and actually for me learning how to bring in that sort of feminine and almost using that as the starting point so being more consciously aware of how um of how I want to be what I want my life to look like what I want my business to look like what I want my day to look like so being much more in that space has allowed me to sort of tune in and connect more with that sort of feminine energy of how how do I want to be how do I want to show up in the world how do I how do I want things to to sort of look and feel like because then I can start to have the actions that support that whereas before I think I was probably missing that piece of the puzzle and it was always straight into the doing and I think that's one of the things that makes men and women very different is that we naturally are very like we're able to be like, right, I need to do this. But that means that this like there's this sort of piece in the middle where we actually like understand a little bit more about what the what the doing means. Um, and I'm not sure that that men have been taught how to do that or necessarily have had any value on on doing that. But I think it allows us much easier, much more easily to be able to to do that to be able to step into that that feminine it's like well I want to feel like this so that means da 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 so you know it, it allows us to add that extra layer to everything that we're doing and you know I would definitely say like society has completely valued the doing as being the most important thing like you said earlier you know if you look at the jobs the way that society runs you know it's very much but I think what's quite interesting is seeing how like the last two years with COVID has started to to shift that you know we've gone through this real change in the way that that work is valued and we, I was talking with some friends recently and you know there are still some very like old school um, businesses out there who perceive that you know people are only working if they're in the office and you know they've got to be seen to be doing what they need to be doing and, and that's what they place value on and then you see how other organizations have actually started to understand and embrace the fact that actually when people are in their own space, when they're able to be a bit more, they actually get a lot more out of it. And rather than we were talking about, you know, why, why that's the case. And often our value is placed on how much stuff you do in a certain amount of time. Whereas if you could switch that round and the value in, you know, and that relates to pay and all of those sorts of things was actually about achieving, you know, the things that you, that you need to get done but doing it in a way that actually is more conscious and more aligned with living a more peaceful life would, would be so much more valuable. But until there is even more of a shift, that's that's not going to be valued. But what I love to see, and, and sorry, I'm going on here and I'm going off on all over the place, so hopefully people can vaguely follow my thoughts, um, is actually how if you look at sort of younger generations, how they are starting to challenge 
the way that we've always just accepted that's what we should do and and I'll have conversations again with friends about you know oh they just expect an easy ride you know they think that that they they're so entitled that they think they should have these things without doing the work and there's a part of me that's like yeah absolutely I mean it's just downright rude that they think they should be able to you know get to the top without doing the work but then there's a little part of me that's like man have they got it right and we've got it wrong like are they actually are they actually going, you know, coming at it from the, the angle that the ways that it's been done before aren't necessarily right? And if there is an easier way to do it, then that's perhaps what we should be doing. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, there are different generations are coming through. And we were talking about it the other day with with our girls and, you know, schooling and stuff like that. And, and well, and your boys that actually work is going to look so different for them. Like we can't even begin to know what work is going to look like for them and I think that's really exciting that actually there is this shift in the world and that that we are putting more emphasis and more value on on the being and I just hope that it happens quickly enough that that I get to witness you know the big shifts in in the way that people are valued sorry that was a lot of words (laughs) it's okay they were all very valid and valuable I think you're right like I'm excited by the fact that you know, 20 years ago, I would not have seen myself doing this work in this way. Um, Like it didn't exist to do it this way. And, you know, that excites me because in 20 years time, my children are going to be doing something that they can't conceive either. And um, I think that, you know, that brings with it all kinds of different challenges around, you know, how they want to approach life and, and that sort of thing. But the the thing that I guess for me I'm teaching my children now is that it's not about what you do in the world it's about how you are in the world that matters that's what people will remember of you you know like that the great people in the world aren't necessarily remembered for their achievements because if they were then there would be people that aren't talked about that would be talked about Right, like if achievements were really the thing that mattered. But then it's not, you know, it's it's about like, <laughs> I don't want to name drop anyone, but look at the likes of Richard Branson and Elon Musk, right? And how they're viewed in the world. And they've both done, you know, some fairly phenomenal things if you look at it strictly from a space of doing. But I think we're starting to come to an awareness now that it's more about how they're being that matters and that's why one of them is favoured over the other. Um, I would actually argue that in the past, I think achievements have been valued more, but I think we're seeing a yeah. shift now. I think in the past, it didn't matter how you got there. It was as long as you achieved it. And I think that's that's the shift that's happening now. And that's the exciting one. But anyway, I'll let you carry on now. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. That's I. That's what I was trying to get to, I think, is that like now when we when we talk about people historically that have done great things it's much more about who they were and how they were rather than what they did and you know we can we can see that and certainly there have been some people that previously might have been held up on a pedestal and said they were like really you know they were amazing and they did all these beautiful things and blah 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 and now we're starting to see that actually they did that but that there was a massive cost for that and they weren't good people and we shouldn't be holding them up and revering them. We should be saying, how could we do it better? How could we still get that end result, but be good people alongside that? And so, you know, for me, like, that's what I'm 
trying to instill in my children is very much like be good citizens of the world, be good people, show other people compassion, be conscious of the challenges that other people face. And at the same time, do what you love, do what lights you up. You know, my, my eldest, bless him, like every other 10-year-old boy in the world, wants to be a YouTuber when he grows up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, first, YouTube probably ain't a thing by then. But secondly, like, why do you want to be a YouTuber? He's like, because I want people to like me. I'm like, okay, first, really dangerous mindset. Let's get deal with that later. But secondly, like, you can do that in many different ways. You can have fun and laugh and be silly and all of the things that you hold as the things that you want to be, you could do that in a number of different ways. It doesn't have to look specifically that way. And, um, and so, you know, we've gone really far off topic here, but that is about the, the being rather than the doing. Like it doesn't matter what you do. You can do five different things and be the same way in every single one of them, right? And what's important and where our value systems come from is actually around the being. And if it's around doing, we need to re-examine them, right? Because the doing isn't the important part of who we are in our human experience. The being is the important part. The doing is the, the structure that provides us the ability to be the way we want to be, I think. What would your advice be to someone who perhaps is listening to this and and thinking oh golly you know actually I have been very much in that that valuing the doing I've been very much in that space what would be your advice in terms of of changing that <laughs> join she awakens <laughs> <No>. obviously <laughs> first yeah, first clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I think it is about really dialing it back and saying okay so if I value doing so much what does doing serve me with like what is the um the driver behind that viewpoint and then start to unpick that and do the work that says you know so for example my wife who as we all know has had a complete 180 shift in the last little while she used to very much value doing and we talked about this last night that she was very masculine in the way that she approached things she had to strive she had a goal and so she just kept doing until she got there and she said but I never felt like I was getting anywhere and I'm like, yeah, because you were stuck in a cycle of doing. You were never in a space of actually stepping back and saying, how can I be in this situation? What is it that that goal allows me to be? And I said to her, what, you know, if you think about this goal and you say, well, I wanted to have financial security, what does financial security allow you to be? And she said, it allows me to be calm. I'm like, so make that the goal. Give the universe some room to work with here right? Like if your value is not in the doing of, I need to create financial security, but in the value of being that when I'm financially secure, I'm calm, I'm present, I'm open to other possibilities, all of that stuff. That's really what we want to go for, right? So it's about really thinking about what does the doing serve us with? And then how does that allow us to be? And so it's a little bit of a navigation that you have to go through and a little bit of an excavation around your value systems. But when you can reframe your values so that there is a feminine being kind of core to them, then you can do the things that are necessary to make that happen. 
but it doesn't pigeonhole you into doing one specific thing. There's lots of opportunities then. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely does. For me, it was the realisation that actually the feminine energies have equal value when you actually look at what you get from them. Just because we've been told that a certain thing is valuable to society doesn't mean it's true. So, you know, this is my plea to anyone listening. It's that that question, everything. We, we've talked about it before, but until we start to actually really question what is seen as valuable by others, what is seen as valuable by society, it's really difficult to actually be able to make the changes and to be able to understand what is truly valuable to you. And with all of that, that allows you to, to change what success looks like for you. So we're not saying success and doing and all of those things are bad in any way, but it's actually making sure that it, it's true success for you. It's not just success because I've earned X amount of money. It's success because I've actually felt a certain way or I've been able to show up for the people that I love in in a way that that matters. So I would really encourage anyone to to really look at that. Like, what does success really look like for you? What would you love to look back on? And, you know, we talk about this. There's always been this no one writes on their tombstone. I wish I'd spent more time in the office. But the reason that said a lot is because it's true. It's like, actually, where are you spending your time? What is what is important to you? Because when you start to get into that sort of headspace, you're naturally more into your feminine energies. And that allows you to understand what you want to be and then you can decide what to do about it so it's kind of it's it's putting in that extra piece of the puzzle it's putting in that that piece at the start of of making sure that that what you are you know doing is is actually really reflecting who you want to be um because otherwise you can find yourself a really long way down a, a path that actually doesn't serve you and isn't really where you want to be so being able to have that awareness that things can be different, that things can change and that's okay. And actually that's the right thing. You know, like we, we often get caught up with change being a bad thing and it only feels like that because we don't necessarily know what it looks like when it's different, but having that belief and trust that it can be different and being different can be really good provides the universe to just give you so many other opportunities and other ways of, of showing up in the world. And, and that to me is what this work is all about. It's about, you know, we have a finite amount of time that we're on this planet. We have a finite amount of time with the people that we love this time around. And to be able to show up as your best version, every possible moment of that, to me, just seems like a no brainer. So it is work that we offer. It is work that we think is important. And even if you know you want to do the work and you, you don't want to do the work with us, do the work anyway. Like seriously, find somebody who can support you because we have to learn to show up differently. We have to break the chain. We have to like change the way that, that we show up so that our children can show up differently because otherwise we're just going to be stuck in this perpetual cycle of doing, doing, doing and not valuing the being. And on that soapbox moment, I think this conversation might be done. <laughs> Nicely said, friend. I agree wholeheartedly. I am so pleased. It's been such a lovely conversation to have. And as usual, do the thing, subscribe, like, share with your friends. We'd love to know more. And um, yeah, thank you very much for being with us. See you next week. You've been listening to She Is Wise with Ellie Bell and Erin Hodson. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time. And if you haven't already, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends. Thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode.